0: Okay, well, look, good morning. Morning. Good morning, good morning. Uh, look, just just let me uh, get off to the top of my chest. If anyone's got stomach pain, if you've had particularly lower stomach pain, um, just th- throughout the course of this week or even today, I'd love to pray for you. I'm going to be down here afterwards, so come and find me. That would be really, really good. <clears throat> okay. Well, as Andre has said, we are on our last one of the big question series. Oh. Okay, that's going to be that kind of morning is it right okay and it is the very uh, final session now look I hope these sessions have been helpful to you and do you remember what we said that the series was about who can remember why did we do this series there were two reasons to help the church be equipped to answer questions very good well done Kelly anyone else Say that's appalling. Ah. That is appalling. The point is to answer the question, yeah. and the second one is to equip the church. Yeah. Oh, fuck help! I really just that is so discouraging right at the beginning. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Okay. So, look, what we're gonna do today is we're gonna answer this question: How can a loving God send people to hell? Always good to do that in a warm day. Yeah, <laughs> <very good>. <laughs> 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 so, uh right, so I'd like to see you um, uh, not fall asleep. (laughs) Let me ask a quick question here. Um, Who here has had a conversation with someone who is not a Christian about hell, and hell came up? How many, show of hands. Yeah, a good number of you. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, so this is the right question to be asking, isn't it? Um, And uh, it's very important that we ask it because actually this, hello, are we all right? Okay, right um, So um, <clears throat> I've heard of a number of people actually who claim they're actually put off believing in God because they said, I, I can't believe in a God who would send people to hell. Yeah. It's been that impactful for some people. And it does seem that actually in, in, throughout the West, in many churches over the last few years and decades preaching around the reality of hell has gone down some just avoid it we live in increasingly in a woke world where the discussion of hell is very unacceptable yeah. Yeah. it doesn't stop the reality of it of course yeah, no. it just means we we avoid it mm. uh, uh, quite a lot and, and there are some people who have tried to uh, claim that hell isn't a thing anymore and um, <clears throat> there, there's a branch of Christian thinking called universalism. Who's heard of universalism? Yeah, a number of you. Which claims wrongly, I uh, uh, believe, that everyone is saved and going to heaven because of the work of Christ on the cross, whether you have responded personally to him or not. I've got to say, that is just wrong. Yeah. But actually, as I thought about that, what is, what is the, the, the point of universalism? I would suspect this. It's trying to avoid the issue of hell. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do get round the inconvenient uh, reality that the Bible speaks out. Uh, people have reacted strongly. Who's heard of this guy? A guy called Bertrand Russell. Mm, yeah. Now, uh, you go back a few years, he was a kind of bigwig, really. He would be today called a social commentator, but he was considered to be a bit of a philosopher. And he said this uh, There is one very serious defect to my mind in Christ's moral character. Boy, that's quite a statement, isn't it? Yeah. And that is that he believed in hell. I do not myself feel that any person who is really profoundly humane can believe in everlasting punishment. Do you see the impact yeah. that hell had on this man? I've got to say, the subject of hell is difficult to deal with. Yeah. And uh, although I think probably the vast majority of people in our country today are unlikely to react like this, and that's purely because the knowledge of the gospel is so awful now in this nation, Mm -hmm. Uh, appallingly, that they assume that if there is a God and there is a heaven and there is a hell, well of course God will hold the door open for me and let me into heaven, is probably what they think.
1: And I think it would be
0: a great shock to our country today to understand that the gospel message as delivered in the New Testament says, no, the very opposite is true. The reality is that people are destined for hell. Mm, It's an awful thing to to wake up to. Unless, of course, we accept the individual saving work of Jesus Christ. Can I just say something about hell as well? I've got to preach on this, but I don't like this subject. I really don't like the subject. I've studied. I've done a study on hell, and it makes me feel unwell. It's an awful thing. I'm not going to deal with this lightly with you because it's very serious. It's a very serious subject, and um, I hate the idea of it. I've I've had a word with God to say, I don't like this idea. Would you mind changing it? No response so far. <laughs> but I just say this: Look, uh, hell is not my idea. Okay, I didn't, I didn't make it up. But I do believe it's right. It's mentioned in the scriptures. The scriptures are the inspired word of God. Yeah. Therefore, we have to take it very seriously. Yeah. And I tell you my struggle, particularly with hell, and see if you, you, what your struggles are. I, I really struggle with the idea that hell is everlasting. Yeah. It goes on forever and ever and ever. The Bible makes it clear, once you are in hell, you died and you are in hell, you never get out. Yeah. And it never ends. I mean, that's an awful, awful concept. And I've, I've said to God, "Well, could it not be more like a prison sentence? When you go in for 20 years, you know what I mean? But get out a bit early due to good behavior, or something, I You know, and then you come out and then you're all right. No, it's not like that. It is eternal, and there is no escape. This matter of hell, church, it's really serious. It really matters. People really go there.
1: And we've got to tell
0: them so that they don't. We also need to be clear about this. What do we actually mean by hell? Now look... (laughs) When you ask people what is hell, they will come up with some interesting uh, uh, ideas. For some people, having to watch endless episodes of Downton Abbey is hell. <laughs> <laughs> or for other people, it's queuing for a few hours on the M25. That was hell! I had to queue for six hours. Actually, that is quite... Cl- no, it's not quite <laughs> so. It's nothing like it. I thought what I'd do is I'm going to describe how the Bible describes uh, Hell by just using some of the words. I've gone through some of the passages, and I'm just gonna put up some of the words that scripture uses to tell us what hell is like. It uses words like this, agony, fire, darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. So that's extreme regret. People who are in hell are full of regret. Why am I here? Eternal punishment is a phrase that's used in scripture. A place prepared for the devil and his angels. We need to see that. Hell was never designed for you and me. Never designed for people. God didn't want people to go to hell. This was designed for the devil. A rebellious, completely evil creature who turned utterly against God and took angels with him, we understand. That's what hell was designed for, not you and me. We see also that hell is total separation from God. And it's not only total separation from God, those who are unsaved are totally separated from those who are saved. And as we've said, there is no way out of hell, and it is eternal. And I put some scriptures at the bottom there if you want to check those and look at them. Now, just as we consider this whole subject, Imagine what it would be to be separated eternally from God. It's very difficult for us to be able to do that, actually. But actually what that means is that you would be eternally separated from everything good. Anything good, you would be separated from. So simple things like companionship, friendship, beauty, music, peace satisfaction everything good however simple the Bible says you would be separated from the one who gives those things therefore those things would not exist I don't know if you uh, in your conversations with people have you ever heard them say this well I'd rather go to hell than heaven because at least in hell it sounds like a chance of party anyone have that conversation yeah yeah can I just say there will be no parties in hell That's a terrible understanding of the reality of hell. As I said earlier, this is not a place to be taken lightly. And from the teaching of Jesus, we must understand it is a real place. It's not an intellectual concept. You know, people like to talk about intellectual constructs these days, don't they? Have you come across that phrase? They talk about a construct. Yeah. Well, and so people say, hell there's a little bit like, well, if people make bad decisions in their life, then they have to face the consequences. No, no, there's nothing, it's a real place. It's a real place. And uh, we also need to see from the scriptures that Jesus spoke quite a lot about hell. i Our Saviour, he spoke a lot about hell. He spent time warning people about its reality And he spoke about it so that people would not go there. That's why he was speaking about it. He does not, God wants all people to be saved, not unsaved. He wants you out of hell, not in hell. That's the heart of God uh, in all of this. Okay, right, so. How am I gonna equip you this morning? Let's say you are now having a conversation with a good friend who is not a Christian, okay? And the subject of hell has now just come up. They have raised it. Where do you start? If I'm trying to equip you, where do you start now in this conversation? Well, how about throwing this in at some point? You could say something like this. The idea of God sending you to hell feels unjust in your mind because you don't see yourself the way God sees you. The idea of God sending you to hell feels unjust in your mind because you don't see yourself the way that God sees you. See, what do you think the average non-believing person in Britain thinks about themselves? Do they think they're good or bad? Good. Good, good. they think themselves good, don't they? They would say, I've done some nice things in my life, Therefore, I am good. I am, at heart, a good egg. (laughs) Some of you are looking completely right, okay? The the phrase, a good egg, means a nice person. It's a slightly posh phrase that was around about, well, a few decades ago, okay? Good egg, I said, awfully good egg. (laughs) But that's how people think of themselves, as a good egg at heart. And they would say, think something like this. Well, I am not like Hitler, or Stalin, or Chairman Mao, who murdered 40 million people, yeah. Chairman Mao. And they're evil, because they're mass murderers. And I am not a mass murderer. Well, not on Sundays, anyway. I'm not a mass murderer. Those people were bad. I am good. Therefore, I should go to heaven, and they should go to hell. Yeah. That's the kind of simple thinking, is there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that sounds okay, until you realize something. God doesn't agree with you. Yeah. Mm. He doesn't agree with that thinking. In God's opinion, all people are evil. We are all rotten eggs. Mm. <laughs> We're all, Isaiah 53 says this, we like sheep have gone astray. Yeah. We have turned everyone to our own way, not God's way. Romans three says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The truth is we have all sinned somewhere. We have all done something uh, sinful and therefore we fail to meet God's standard. And God's standard is sinless perfection. That's the standard. Right, so you're having a your conversation with your friend and you've just laid that on them. Said, have you thought about that? And they say, hang on a minute, that's a bit rich. Are you calling me evil? I don't think I'm evil, that can't be right. I, I, I've done one or two minor things wrong, but I haven't done too much wrong. How do you reply to that? Well, I would suggest you ask some questions. Here are some questions you can ask. You could ask them, you could probably do it a little bit more sensitively but I'm about to do it, but you could ask them this. Have you ever told a lie? And they would say, if they're honest, well, yeah, well, one or two, perhaps. Have you told more than one lie? And if they're honest, they'll say, well, yeah, yeah, I have. And then you could say, what do you normally call people who are liars? You call them liars, don't you? So you just admitted to being a liar. Oh, okay. Let me ask you another question you could say. Have you ever taken anything that doesn't belong to you? How have you been with your expenses? Have you always been honest with those? And most people would say, well, yes, I probably have taken something. Ah, okay, you could say, what do you call people who take things that don't belong to them? Yes. And then you could say, Jesus told us that if you lust in your heart after someone who isn't your husband or wife, you are guilty of adultery or fornication. So you could say to your friend in a very nice, cheerful way, I trust, so you've just admitted to being a liar, a thief and an adulterer. So when you say you're a nice person, can you just define that a little bit for me? And if they still fight, there's plenty of other material you can go and say, well, hang on a minute. Have you ever been spiteful or unfair or aggressive? Have you ever acted out of envy or jealousy? I tell you what, have you ever made somebody else suffer because you're jealous of them? Have you ever put the knife in, quietly? Just a bit, so they'll hurt a bit. Have you? Jesus said, love one another. Yeah. There's the standard. What's our behavior like? Yeah. yeah. See, it's quite easy, isn't it? When people say, I think I'm quite a good person. You can turn that upside down with a few questions. So we are all sinners. Mm. God's standard is perfection. He is totally without sin. You could ask this. Is it appropriate and right that people who are sinners go to a place that is totally without sin? Does that work? No, it doesn't. Sinners don't go to a place where there is no sin. The other issue that people tend to struggle with on this is this one. We struggle with the idea that sin demands judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true when it comes to us. So, you know, when we talk about our own sin, we tend to justify it, don't we? We tend to say, well, you know, it's not that bad, really. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, may have taken There's a bit of Boris Johnson bluster that comes in. Well, I know it's <laughs> right. I know. Perhaps I didn't quite do that. <clears throat> Very different, of course, when we're talking about somebody else. They, they should be arrested for what they did. But me, no, no, that's not so bad. It's not so bad. It's what we tend to do. You see, God has to judge your sin, or he would not be ju- just. A just God cannot ignore wrongdoing. So if you have been sinful, the right thing for a just God to do is to judge you. We don't like that being the case, but it is the case for God to be just. The other important factor here, I think, in the midst of this conversation that you're having with someone about hell is to say this. You've got to help people understand, not only are they deeply sinful, far more sinful than they realize, and therefore worthy of hell, you've also got to help them understand that God is far more righteous than they understand. That God is referred to as being holy. And that's not a word that really translates much into our culture. We don't really understand what the word holiness means these days. What it means, you could say to them, then, is this. God hates sin. He hates it. Sin is deeply repulsive to him. It is totally unacceptable to him. It is the very opposite of who he is and what he stands for. Sin, as i said, we tend to say is no big deal. We tend to say things like this. Um, well, you know, I may have sinned, but it was more an unhelpful life choice. What do you mean, punching that guy in the face? You've got know, an unhelpful life choice. I think it was sin, mate, don't you? We tend to push it to one side. Yeah. You know, uh, Jesus made this really clear when he spoke to people in his day. He was speaking to them and he said this, he described them like this. He said, you guys are the children of the devil. That's quite a thing. I wouldn't recommend actually having that conversation uh, with your friend if you're having a a talking that, but actually, it does help us to understand just how evil people are. Jesus said, Yeah, when I look at you, you remind me of your spiritual father, the devil. That's who you behave. You, You don't have the same father as me. And that would have been a shock. To people of his day, the people of Israel at that time, who would have said, No, Abraham is our father, and of course we're God's people. What are you talking about? Jesus said to them, No, you're not, you're the children of the devil. Yeah, yeah. very vivid, isn't it? Yeah. And Jesus said that. So that's what God sees when He sees the unsaved. He loves all people with great passion, deeply loves you, He deeply loves. All people, but he also sees their true condition that they are worthy of hell. So that leaves God in a huge dilemma. What does God do? What do you do? I love these people, I want them all saved, yet they all by right should go to hell. What do I do with that? How is God going to get us out of that? Well, of course, we know, don't we? As Christians, we know. And it's the cross of Christ, we've sung about it today. The cross of Jesus Christ. But I have to say this to you, if you are watching online, or you're a visitor here, and you have never asked Jesus into your life, you have never asked God to forgive you for your sin, then I have to say that the Bible would say you are not bound for heaven. The Bible says this, that you are bound for hell. I don't say that with any glee, but I need to tell you the truth. That's where you're going currently. Now, the good news here is this. God's really bothered about that. He is really, really concerned about that and about your situation and about your eternal future. And uh, he is so concerned about it that he um, offers you a way out. And he wants you to be saved. And salvation actually means a number of things, but importantly, in terms of today, it means this. It means that you don't go to hell. That is God's desire for you. Hell was designed for the devil and his angels, not really for you. The awesome truth about Jesus Christ The son of God is this, that he lived a perfect, sinless life, a righteous life. He lived the life that you and I should have lived, but didn't because we sinned. And then 2000 years ago, he died on the cross. And in doing so, he took the punishment that you and I deserved. And he was nailed to that cross and he went to that cross because he loves you. God made a way for you he knew what was coming but he submitted himself to this hideous death for our sake so that we could be forgiven and made righteous before God and that is how God wants to rescue you from the fate of hell yeah. he has made a way for you to get through now not only can you be saved and and delivered from a fate of, of, of eternal damnation but now you can be saved and adopted into god's family yeah when you choose to believe in jesus christ as the son of god you are promoted you are welcomed into his family and you become his son or his daughter and what's more you become his friend before you were his enemy now you are his friend. You know, when you become a Christian, you don't become a perfect person. You really don't. But you are forgiven and you are made righteous in God's sight. Yeah. And today I want to give people an opportunity to receive this gift of salvation. It's called the free gift of salvation that's offered to you. And I'd like if we mind if everyone just close your eyes. I'm just going to read out a prayer. And it's a prayer really saying three things: sorry, thank you, please. Sorry for the wrong things I've done in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And please come into my life. And if you would like to make this your own, this is this can be your way of starting. In a relationship with Jesus I'm just going to read it out and if you would like to respond I just like you to say this in your heart Lord Jesus Christ I am sorry for the things that I have done wrong in my life if anything particular is coming to mind you might I just want to name that before God. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen, if you did that for the first time, I just want to congratulate you. If you're here, I'd love to come and speak to you. If you'd come and speak to me afterwards, that would be absolutely brilliant. If you've done that online, I just want to say that's fantastic. Please make contact with us. I'd like to give you one of these books called why Jesus explained salvation in a little bit more detail than I have today and lastly I just want to talk very briefly about alpha now alpha is a course that we run this fact, it's run in churches all over the world now it's a fantastic course it's uh, it's about eight or nine weeks the next one for us will be on Wednesday evening starting on the 28th of September it's a fantastic opportunity to ask any question that you may have got. Any question at all about God or Christianity or how it all works. And it's a very kind of low, who's done Alpha here? A number of you have done it. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. It's a really gentle, excellent course. Just so recommended to you. And you can find details about our website and you can either have, a, you can sign up or you can find a little bit more information about it. Okay, that draws us to a close for this morning. So God bless you. Thank you for bearing with me on a hot morning. And uh, uh, there will be some prayer down here if you would like prayer, particularly if you've got your stomach conditions, and there's going to be tea and coffee served at the back. Bless you. Have a great rest of the day.